0: Hello and welcome to Troy Nunes is an Absolute Podcast. Uh, I am Andy Pregler, not producing this show. Steve is producing this show as usual off camera while he deals with some uh, Discord issues that don't like his mic. I don't really know what's going on there. But just know that Steve is here in spirit, like the ghost of uh, Christmas past watching over us, making sure that we don't go too off the rails. Uh, so it's just me and Christian this week. Christian, how you doing, buddy? Well. That let's just say
1: I'd rather not bottle uh leads against Crystal Palace. And shout out to Steven Gerrard
0: for also bottling a Premier League title for Liverpool again. I you know, there's something to say about the way that this Premier League season ended. Um specifically that Jesse Marsh is let's go, going, going to maybe stay up. Uh and it's it's very funny that if you would have told me that at the end of this season that between Chris Armas at Man United and Jesse March at Leeds, only one of them was going to be in the Premier League next year uh, in any capacity. I would not have picked uh, Jesse Marsh, but here we are. And uh, he is at Leeds are staying up and he's presumably staying as head coach. We haven't heard anything to the contrary yet. And Chris Armas and Ralph Ragnick's coaching staff are definitively out at Man U uh, to go coach Austria. So, you know, normal things that typically happen. Shout out to the Dutch Revolution that's coming to Manchester United next season. Hopefully, it fixes things. <laughs> I would like to say that um, the uh, t- uh, listen. I'm an Arsenal fan. There's nothing more to say. We got beat by, and it sucks. And so, I'd like to say that next year is going to be better. Uh, it probably won't be, but you know, I can I can pretend and I can hope. But I get to go back to Europa League because you know that's so much fun.
1: Yeah, but thank God, Manchester United are also playing in the Europa League, because God damn it,
0: West Ham won, held on to that lead today, I would have not heard that different from Casillo. I mean, I think Casillo is also a smart enough soccer fan to do the, uh, I don't actually care about Europa League, it's actually bad for a club like West Ham to be in Europa League. So, uh, I don't think that he was upset. I think he, I, listen, all the more power to you, West Ham in the Champions League though, that would have been fun. That would have um, been funny. <laughs> You know what is not fun? Women's lacrosse, uh, their season is over. Christian, they lost to Northwestern. Yet again, the Syracuse women's program heads to Northwestern and comes home with their tails between their legs because Northwestern just has Syracuse's number in the NCAA tournament. Uh, They lost 15-4. to I don't know what else we can really say besides it was bad, but would you like to add some context to the bad?
1: It's kind of what we mentioned last week. We mentioned last week that Syracuse was riding the coattails of its defense in order to wield themselves past these games. And unfortunately, once the defense failed, you knew the offense wasn't going to hold up just based on the um, the weapons that Syracuse had at their disposal on the game. Because Syracuse women's lacrosse, as most of us have known, have been dealing with injuries in my out for the season um a ward out for the season here Cockrell out for the season. Megan Carnie was also revealed to be playing hurt throughout most of the, the latter part of the season as well, and that just meant that the offensive options that Syracuse had um at full strength were just no longer there, and because of that, Syracuse only scored four goals against Northwestern. And against a northwestern offense and most offenses in the top part of in the top level of ncaa division one women's lacrosse aren't are pretty much going to score past any defense and so as good as syracuse defense was in the first round of the ncaa tournament it wasn't going to hold northwestern you're also not going to win a game scoring four goals in any lacrosse game that's just unheard of and so the offense being injured and limited based on what they could do, meant that it just didn't look exactly correct. And unfortunately, that's how the cookie crumbled.
0: Yeah, it's um it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a really tough end to the season and I think that all there's gonna be a lot of talk about um this is a team that lost the national championship game last year and then only made it to the Elite Eight this year. And while that's true on paper, like you said, I think the injuries are a big part of it. Again, they were going through a massive coaching change, not just in name, but in culture, in style, in experience, in pretty much everything that you can imagine. And the fact that this team was able to not necessarily survive all that to the Elite Eight, but manage that in a way that allowed them to still be far more successful than the men's team, which was managing pretty much the same things. Um, I think is a testament to the fact that the foundation on the women's program is very strong.
1: Yeah, and, and if you if you take the same amount of injuries to the same amount of key players that happened to the Syracuse women's team, to any other team, not many other teams would probably even made it to the tournament. So the fact that they got two rounds into the tournament is a testament to how well the Syracuse women's team is just based on a culture, like you said, and a depth perspective as well. It was, it's not enough to overcome all of it in order to get into the Final Four again, but considering where the and the amount of weapons you had, eh, you'll take it.
0: Yeah, and I think that... Overall, we're in a situation with the women's program where we are going to be sitting and waiting until next year before we make any definitive declarations about if this program is truly going to take a step back because of the new changes. Again, injuries might happen again, and there's nothing you can really do about it. But if you have, if you have a healthy team... I don't necessarily think this team loses to Northwestern fifteen to four. I don't know if they beat Northwestern. Um, you know, it's it's a tough matchup and it's the NCAA tournament, anything can happen. Yeah. But I also think that you get some different regular season results, so you might not be matched up with Northwestern in that and, game. And even with that, they only lost to Northwestern in overtime. Uh, during the regular season when
1: these two teams played. Yeah. So there's no saying that Syracuse couldn't hang with the Wildcats in general just if even if the you know the game, even if Syracuse was at full strength, so it would have been a good game nonetheless. But like you said, maybe Syracuse doesn't stumble like in the first round of the ACC tournament to like in a higher seed, and maybe they even have a home game instead of an away game against Northwestern. You maybe that changes things as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, the in general, I think that there's a lot of optimism around the women's program. Men's program not as much Um, so we talk about foundations and we talk about how we think that the women's program has a strong foundation we know that the men have a strong foundation in tradition um, but when it's coming to the actual bones of the team when it actually is coming to continuity there were definitely talks around Desco's final days that that element of the program was slipping a bit and now as we continue to move through here this was a this was a great week in lacrosse because there were two pieces of there were two transfers made one out and one in both of them when posted got both you and John to go holy shit which is think- always a great week so let's talk about the negative first who's leaving the program and why
1: So we know who's leaving the program. We knew this already. Tucker Dordovic was leaving the program. The unfortunate thing is that he went to Georgetown, which is... eh. (laughs) uh, Syracuse to Georgetown transfers always sting just a little bit extra. The unfortunate thing is that this is a transfer that actually could make Georgetown not just a Final Four contender, but a national tighter contender. Georgetown has been quietly building a strong program. And even though they've lost a couple of people to graduation, this is a Hoyles program that has grown stronger and stronger and stronger over the past couple of years. And that program could easily t- challenge for a national championship next year, especially with a guy like Dordovic uh, leading that attack or midfield wherever they decide to play him. So that's not the great thing.
0: No. I- and I... Uh... Yeah Look, part of me understands you are a student-athlete with the opportunity to kind of make that kind of move. Like, Syracuse and Georgetown on your academic resume. Um, obviously, Dordovic is the kind of guy who could probably make a professional lacrosse career uh, and be a lacrosse coach for the rest of his life if he wanted to be. Oh, that being said, from the academic side of the world, like, he's going to be set for life with this.
1: Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Undergrad the...
0: degree from Syracuse
1: and a grad degree at Georgetown. That's pretty, pretty good credentials.
0: Right, so I understand the move. The problem is is that it is excruciatingly painful, and it continues to add fuel to the narrative fire that is Syracuse Men's Lacrosse is no longer, quote-unquote, elite. And I don't... I'm not going to sit here and say, look at the banners, because those banners are getting really old. And... I don't know if they matter anymore to this group of kids that have not grown. Up. Like, we are talking about a group of high school kids who have grown up playing lacrosse when Syracuse was never the dominant program. Have- so that tradition doesn't matter anymore. We're very, we're getting very close to freshmen entering high school
1: who have never seen Syracuse play in a national, who never win a national title game. The last yeah. national title appearance for Syracuse was nine years ago. The last national title win was 13 years ago. Think about it. Most freshmen enter at 14. We're getting pretty close to some freshmen never seeing Syracuse win a national title in high school.
0: Right. And so you get to this point where you talk about tradition and you try to pitch Syracuse on this tradition. It, it's like taking a kid to, uh, to UCLA and talking about their national titles. Like, sure, it's great. And like you have some great facilities. It's still a great program. But like it sounds like you're talking about long begotten times, not... You know, current modern dynasty kinds of things. So I do think that this is really. I'm not saying that Syracuse is at a turning point by any stretch of the imagination. What I am saying is that the narrative is shifting more to one direction, and you can't you can't uh, not acknowledge that anymore. Um, so on that note which is very funny because it's kind of counter to my narrative there was great news this week that showed that syracuse could still recruit elite talent christian who's coming into the program so uh i'm very excited for this person
1: who's coming in his name is cole Kirst. um he was he's from lehigh he'll be a grad transfer from lehigh uh the curse name should be familiar because uh the he has three brothers i believe one on cornell and one on rutgers who just played um uh, let me double check that real quick. I don't, I want to make sure that I'm getting that exactly correct. Uh, but he he is um he was very very good at Lehigh. He's uh, got double digit goals from um from the Lehigh program. Um yeah, and this is and it's a patriot. Remember it's Patriot League that you know scores a ton. Um yeah. so yeah he was. 18 goals 12 assists this year at lehigh you know fourth on the team in goals and um second on the team in assists so (laughs) they're like it's not bad not bad i mean this was a lehigh team that started the year off ranked and uh for a long time went undefeated in the patriot league uh before suffering some end-of-season losses. They started off the Patriot League 5-0, and and that's a very competitive league when you yeah. think about the guys that are in that league. You had Loy- Loyola Army, and none of those teams made it to the tournament because Boston came out of nowhere and blew everyone out of the water. So uh, he should be a guy who is a very, very potent um, attacking threat, an immediate guy who can immediately slot into a Hiltz-Spelina line. And so now you have your attack set
0: yeah i'm uh I'm kind of okay with that. It's definitely again it sucks to lose Dordovich. Dord, Dord, Dordovich. Dordovich. Uh I'm gonna get that wrong again <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter because he plays at Georgetown now so you know what bye screw you uh just kidding <laughs> best, of, best of best of luck. it's the Syracuse George uh well actually here's the real question Christian um do you think that Syracuse schedules Georgetown for a game this season or do we stick to our normal? ACC plus local school um, schedule. No, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unfortunately, this time was kind of broke, but you
1: don't fix it by scheduling Georgetown at the height of its program power. So, see more
0: Binghamton, Siena, Colgate. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> very much okay with that. Well, I mean, um, remember,
1: Syrac- Syracuse goes to the Jim
0: Beam School of uh, Do Not Leave the State unless forced to. You know that is a it's a Syracuse tradition, like no other uh, <laughs> um let's uh it's it's the crosstalk is definitely it's that kind of season I know that we're you know this it, it's memorial day this upcoming weekend congratulations to all the teams it is very weird to say that like the Syracuse athletic season is pretty much over before Memorial Day yet again um but it's uh, we're at the point where the only events that left uh, on the Syracuse schedule, if you go to QS.com, uh the track and field NCAA East preliminaries are on the 25th, the rowing NCAA championships are on the 27th, um, and then there are, you know, more track and field, uh, outdoor track and field events uh, on June 8th at the NCAAs. Uh, a crew event on the first weekend of June, and then it's literally just one scroll on Cuse.com. And the next Syracuse Athletic event is football versus Louisville on September 3rd. So we are actively at the point where the only team left competing are the rowing teams. Uh, congrats to bo- both, uh, you know, to those teams that are actually pretty good. And to the track and field individual athletes. Um you know we're at that point of the season where we've pretty much wrapped up. So I think next week we'll do the whole program year in review recap. But Christian, I definitely think it's safe to say that the preview of that show, this has not been <laughs> a year to remember if you are a Syracuse fan.
1: Not at all. I mean, I pick up a hell of a year to have a half down program for pretty much all the pretty much almost every single major program. I mean, like, when you go through it, like, like the only person who had—the only team that had, like, a really, like, decent, decent year, there were two teams—there were, like, two teams that had good years. There were three. There were three teams that had good years. All of them happened to be women's programs, so yay women's sports. But it was field hockey, ice hockey, and, lacrosse, and women's lacrosse, and that was pretty much about it.
0: Yeah, that is— that is it. And it is kind of, it's absolutely wild that that's where we're at, but that's where we're at. Um, Hopefully, again, we'll do the full season recap uh, next week. But in the meantime, you know who did treat us good this year was home field apparel. Makers of the finest vintage collegiate uh, t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, joggers, stickers, basically... If you want something cozy and warm, uh, or you want something that is easily the most comfortable thing that you own, and you also want it to have an image of a vintage school logo and or mascot, Home Field Apparel has you covered, including uh, Syracuse Orange gear. They've got a full Syracuse Orange collection that's got logos from across all Syracuse generations, including some great uh, vintage uh, Block S logos that Steve loves uh i and, and the new 2003 national championship shirts it's uh true, if you idea. would like to buy a home field apparel shirt at 10 percent off if for your first order use the promo code nunes n-u-n-e-s for 10 percent off your first order of home field apparel thank you again for sponsoring the podcast home field um as much as i know home field loves syracuse and loves to sponsor syracuse things I do not think they were going to fork over the money to create the Homefield Dome, even though that definitely should be a thing that exists at some <laughs> point in time. Um, instead, the car- the building formerly known as the Carrier Dome will now be known as the JMA Wireless Building. Is that what we're looking at? Yes. <laughs> the J- JMA,
1: JMA Wireless Dome. But that would have been awesome. I call it, you just hear Sean McDonough. Evening fans, and welcome to the JMA
0: Wireless Building. well it was a stadium for a while remember that and now they're trying to attach an atrium to it as well that will connect to archibald so really it is a whole complex so the jma wireless complex complex. could be a great name uh the whole thing well because again i would like to remind everybody that the basketball court is jim Beheim court and the football field is ernie davis legends field so if we are being technically accurate. If you're watching a football game, you're watching a football game on the Ernie Davis Legends field at the JMA wireless yeah. dome slash complex slash stadium, whatever you want to call it. Um, and for basketball, you just substitute the Jim Beheim court. This naming shit is getting out of hand. Um, Christian, there's a lot of jokes to be made about this. I, I do want to talk about, like, not the serious thing, but, like, kind of the serious thing. For a... A huge deal that is getting out of the carrier deal and getting a new naming sponsor. The press conference was (laughs) weird. Um, There was a lot happening there, and it really did feel like the entire thing was just a, we are going to have better Wi-Fi in the stadium. Stop complaining about the Wi-Fi in the stadium, you ungrateful cretins. Um, and I don't really know how else to put it than that. It did did it feel weird to you too? Because the whole thing just felt very not normal. Well, yeah, because it's it's something they're trying almost anything to
1: get people back into dome. When people forget, the first thing that people want to go and watch a sporting event is for is so that they can see the home team win most of the time, <laughs> and and so. And so, yeah, you have better Wi-Fi, so the Twitter trolls can go call for hashtag fire really quickly,
0: right? instead mm. of in the parking lot. Um, I—I I mean, it is kind of—it is kind of ridiculous that that was the entire picture on the thing. Um, it did seem my favorite part of the whole thing was that if you go to the Carrier Dome now, the sign that says Carrier Dome has been removed. Um, but when asked if there would be a replacement sign put up for the new, <laughs> you would think that it's just, you know, replace the letters that say yeah. carrier with JMA. Mm. Um, you've literally got one of the letters already there in the word, like, or actually, no, you don't have any of them. I can't. No, oh, you, you have, do. You, have, have, you have an A. Yeah, exactly. So you've got one of the letters sure there. Andy will not be appearing on Wheel Fortune anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would be that contestant that uh, would get just absolutely miss the obvious one. Um Word games are not my forte. I have I played Wordle once. I have never I have not played Wordle more than twice. Um, anyways, the they are just like yeah no we're gonna we're looking into putting up a new sign. Like, excuse me, this this deal has been in the works for long enough that you can take the sign down, but not long enough that you're gonna commit to putting up a new sign. I just... you might as well just call it the roller coaster dome and
1: just get, get, call it at that. Yeah, um, <laughs> because because that's more recognizable now.
0: I am, I am intrigued because there is one thing that has been called out. It was mentioned in our comment section. Um, I can definitely speak to... Um, I can confirm that a Syracuse delegation went to the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium along with JMA um, as guests of JMA because they installed the uh, wireless uh, communications at SoFi Stadium. And so uh, Athletic Director Wildhack, um, Chancellor Siverud along with a few other select Syracuse uh, friends of Syracuse and Syracuse staff members attended the Super Bowl with JMA to kind of see how they handled the biggest crunch event in the history of of sports, which is the most recent Super Bowl. And they seem to say that if they... the, The pitch seems to be, if we can handle that, we can make Wi-Fi happen in the Dome. And Christian... What happens with that first game when you show up to cover a Syracuse football game and you can't connect to Wi-Fi at the dome? Well, first of all, if it's a, if
1: it's probably another public hotspot and not a media select wi- hotspot, which is one of the first issues. I mean, as a media <laughs> member, it's, I'd like to have my own private Wi-Fi, so I'm not being slowed down by the thirty other people trying to wonder why Dino didn't go for it at fourth and one from the opponent forty nine. Um like it's it's tough in the dome. Like SoFi is a different stadium a different beast in itself because one you're in Los Angeles and um like I think that's the big thing. Like you're in Los Angeles. I think we can all definitively say that Los Angeles is not Syracuse. And so the, <laughs> infrastructure, the infrastructure You don't in, say. No, really. Yeah, I know. You just take a look outside. Um but like the infrastructure in Los Angeles is a lot better to handle a mass populace than in Syracuse. And you don't even need to go like too far out of Syracuse to find dead zones just in general. So it's just hard to get a um it's hard enough to just get a wireless signal into the dome and get like working internet in the dome when it's hard enough to get reliable working internet anywhere in Syracuse. So that's just the biggest thing. It's that, you know, the infrastructure just needs to be there. Which is not the sexiest thing, but hey, gotta be there. And so that that's the biggest problem is that yeah, you can do it in Los Angeles, but in Los Angeles you have a lot more technical support than you do have in Syracuse.
0: Yeah, I'm, again, I think it's just very funny that like there's they they're setting themselves up for failure the first time that somebody can't connect to the wi-fi when they make this entire pitch around improving wi-fi at the dome um i think you could have literally just gone with listen this is a local partner this is a local company they want to pay a lot of money for a 10-year naming rights deal as part of this naming rights deal we're going to be working together to work on you know bringing the best fan experience to the dome and end it there but it just felt like the entire pitch of the press conference was just Talk about the Wi-Fi. Talk about how cool the Wi-Fi is going to be. So either way, I have yet. I can say this. um, I have yet to attend a sporting event in the new dome. I know that the audio apparently sucks. I know that the. Yeah, I was was just
1: there for graduation two weeks ago. Still not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The 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 echoes. Hey, there we go, Steve. We made it. The ghost in the shell. (laughs) <laughs>
2: and people on twitch can hear um the
0: the in general i not I i think one of the things that we got to talk about also is the is the fan survey um oh my god <laughs> so christian you got the survey right oh i definitely got the survey i did <laughs> we, not open it did. and i'm <laughs> glad i didn't open it <laughs> okay great so since we all got the survey steve hello welcome to this conversation welcome to the to the wonderful world um let's talk about it because i don't think it's like i don't think that it's wrong to say that a lot of that survey was around the idea of luxury jma wireless experiences um specifically club seats uh premium suites there there was just a lot happening in there that was around how much upsell would you pay for a more comfortable experience in this brand new fancy stadium and i'm going to i want to start it off by saying that like look i enjoy going to baseball games there's a lot more baseball games per year and so pricing at baseball games is very different than pricing at a football game or a basketball game i understand that but I can go, I live in New York, the most expensive, the second most expensive market in the United States, behind San Francisco, for 15 20 bucks on a Friday or Saturday night. I can go to one of the two baseball stadiums. I can have really, you know, not the best seats in the house, but like, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, because they're like up in the 400-500 level section, but the views are going to be relatively okay. Uh, The concessions are going to be out of this world. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They're going to be $15, but they're going (laughs) to be, you know, a relatively high quality. And I can still walk away from the experience spending less than like 60 bucks a person and have a good time. And it seems like and I've I've said that I said this before to other people. I don't think I've said on this podcast, like to get in the door for a Saturday night dome basketball game, you're paying at minimum $65 for a ticket in the in the upper deck. Um you're not getting those tickets for cheap on a on a pre on a premium night on a Friday or Saturday. Um so already it's it's getting pretty expensive. Now asking for an upsell for like club seats or premium seats for like a single game experience, I understand why you want to do that if you're going off of the pro model of this is how pro teams make their money at their stadiums this is a college town that is placed in the rust belt for lack of a better word or lack of a better way of saying it. I'm not saying that there are people who won't pay for those experiences. I just think a lot of those seats are going to get bought up by university officials trying to get people to donate money rather than actual fans looking to spend their money.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. It's like, yeah, a survey is fine, but like target your audience with it. And like, most of the normal consumers, like the three of us included, aren't looking to go to the dome and spend it in a luxury seat because it's just out of our price bracket. And in general, it's probably not an experience that we would enjoy more than just being in the bleachers, you know, with our friends.
2: I, so, I, I have $130 season tickets, and they're asking these sorts of questions like, What? <laughs> Target demographic, yeah, not quite the same as your generic season ticket holder. Exactly. So,
1: like, I, I, it, it, I think that's just the odd thing about this survey is that, like, if you're going to release this survey, like, you know, release it to the people that it matters to, so you know, your and your sponsors, your your high level donors, because like that's the type of people you want to get that information from. Like, Joe and DeWitt is not going to have the necessary information you want to talk about luxury seats. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, like, you know, Mark and Fayetteville isn't going to give you the feedback that you want on your on your luxury seats. It's got to be well, the people who are going <laughs> to... Well, yes. You, you, you make a good point. But, like, you, you get the point. Like, those people aren't going to have... The necessarily the information you want to figure out this and type of information, right? Going to get fans to the game, you're like, yeah,
2: yeah, like you're yeah, you're saying, good, take like, this to Adam in Skinny Atlas, uh, Mr. Weitzman, and figure out what his clientele are yeah, uh, looking for,
0: exactly. But it's it, it again. It feels like it was just like a very missed mark thing, and like I don't. I don't hate the I don't hate the concept of like a club seating area the way that they were kind of pitching it as like you get your own concessions area and there's opportunities for you to spend less time waiting in line and more time watching the game because the services are a little bit better in certain areas I think that's a great way to kind of pitch a a quote-unquote luxury experience because ultimately if we're spending the money to go to the game we want to go to the game and actually watch the game and not spend time in bathroom lines, in concession lines, et cetera. Like that's always going to be one of the bigger, that's always going to be the issue with attending a sporting event at a legacy arena. Um, that being said, that was not the way that these questions were framed at all. And the way that the experience was being potentially um, propositioned to us at all. So the whole thing was just felt just very off. Um, yes. The, one, one other point, I just
2: had my year-end survey at work of, like, how we've done for the entire year and all that. It was shorter than this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, I didn't, open, I didn't open this
1: question, but, like, Kevin told me he was on question, like, 149. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What? Are you... Why?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Syracuse is going to Syracuse no matter no matter what happens that's that's where we are.
0: It is unfortunately where we are. Um so let's stop talking about Syracuse on campus and let's start talking about uh Syracuse alumni who are doing cool things. Um starting with uh Tejon Buchanan and Club Bruges, not where you all expected me to go there, uh, but they are the champions of Belgium, and Tejon Buchanan has won a medal abroad. He was actually a really big part of that team, um, and in general, I te- he's doing the things that he's supposed to do. So congrats to Tayshaun Buchanan uh, and Club Bruges on their league win. He now gets a very, very much well-deserved uh, offseason uh, to rest up before the upcoming fall campaign and winter world cup. Um so you will not be hearing from him. He I am assuming at some point in time he's going to swing back through Syracuse and say hi to coach Mack and everything. Um because that's what a lot of these guys do during the off season and the soccer off season regimen probably is already underway. So, uh be on the lookout for him and yeah, uh we got to get coach Mack and Tejon onto the show at some point in time. There that's the that's the wish list right there. Um the other alumni that we should talk about very, uh, not quickly, but I think it's kind of interesting. Let's talk about Buddy Behi. Um The former Syracuse uh, star player, the former ACC, uh, you know, first team player uh, is now in the G League Combine. Uh, for those that don't know, I did not know this until recently. It's basically um, – It's called the G League Elite Camp, and it's basically where prospects go who aren't guaranteed a spot at the NBA Combine to go and work out and kind of earn their way into that top group of draft potential draft-eligible players. Um, Buddy did not do well in the first game. Um, (laughs) I don't really know how bad he did. I just know it wasn't good. And then in the second game, Buddy did really well, which feels like the story of Buddy Beheim at Syracuse where in uh, beginning of things, I'm not going to do so well. Back half of season, back half of schedule, back half of opportunities when the pressure's on, I'm just going to hit everything um, and not worry about it. Uh, Christian, you were the one that kind of drew this to my attention in the pre-show. In general, how bad was Buddy Boeheim in the first day, and how good was he in the second day?
1: (laughs) Uh, He had six threes in the second day. Uh, six, I believe he was. It was six of his seven field goals
0: in the second day. That that'll do it.
1: Yay! Um, first day seven points two of nine shooting.
0: Ooh. Not going to cut it.
1: Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the worrying trend that we saw from Beheim like during the uh, during his during the season this year was that he was like missing open shots in the first day as well, and. Yes, we know it was a product of this year. Like, a lot of people were just face guarding Beheim, But, and, like, when he was missing open shots, because he was in a rhythm to hit those open shots. But, like, you expect him to hit those shots. And so, he is the definition of a streaky streaky scorer. And, say that three times fast. And, like, Mm -hmm. is there a place for that in this year's NBA? In this NBA, maybe. But, I mean, I'm, I'm... With the amount of offense that's in the NBA right now, I think consistent scoring is what people want to look for. I don't say this as a guy who watches a ton of NBA, so yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, there's
0: a reason why he didn't get
1: invited to the actual NBA draft combine.
0: Yeah, um, the New York Knicks, Sacramento Kings, and Golden State Warriors all took a look at him, um, according to a report from Adam Zagoria. Um the Knicks make a ton of sense just because they're local and their affiliate is in Westchester. Um, you take a flyer on a guy like Bayheim who, you know, went to Syracuse, if nothing else will sell tickets up in Westchester. Um, you know, that's an, that's an easy, easy sell. If you can get him as an undrafted free agent or get him in the late second round. Um, Nobody ever knows what the Kings are going to fucking do. So, you know, Kings do Kings. Uh, and then the Golden State Warriors are the, everybody's three-point shooting specialist, So, of course, they're going to look at every uh, three-point specialist that's in the draft. So I think that those those three teams make a ton of sense for him. He could end up at either one. My money is on him, you know, getting picked up by the Knicks as an undrafted free agent to kind of take a take a spin on their G League team. And, and see what kind of happens there. I don't exactly know how that works. I know it works a little bit differently um, with the G League and NBA, you know, contracts and two-way deals um, than it does with other sports. Uh, but I, I do think that that's something that if you're Buddy Bayheim, that's probably a really good landing spot for you um, if you're not going to get drafted, which I, do not ex- I don't think anybody kind of expects him to get drafted at this point in time. So... Uh on that note, the last thing I wanted to talk about is our good friend Josh Black. Uh Josh Black has signed with the New Orleans Saints. Um definitely a little bit late for an undrafted free agent to to grab a contract. And to be fair, I thought Josh Black was going to sign a WWE contract before he signed an NFL contract. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But uh, here's Black. He's going to go to New Orleans uh, and be on their practice squad. He joins uh, defensive lineman Kingsley Jonathan with Buffalo and McKinley Williams with Indianapolis trying to uh, sign, you know, trying to stick it out uh, with NFL teams. Um, Trill Williams is, you know, on the Miami Dolphins after being signed by the Saints last year. So even if uh, Josh doesn't stick with the Saints, good chance that he sticks in the NFL if he shows. Uh, shows what they got, uh, shows what he has. And I, I will never, ever doubt an NFL, uh Syracuse guy trying to get onto an NFL team because, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? The linebacker for the Colts, who Zaire I did Franklin? not think was going to... Zaire Franklin. Yeah, there we go. It's jinx, you both owe me a soda. Um, <laughs> did not expect Zaire Franklin to be one of the longest-tenured Syracuse NFL players, but here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out special teams. Special teams said enough to make him a
2: captain for years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Zaire, go get that paycheck, buddy, and enjoy. Um, With that, we have reached pretty much the end of our show. Uh, We're cutting it a little bit early today because Steve has a hard out. And um, to be honest, I just put together this new bed that is behind me. And uh, my entire body hurts because I... Did not realize Ikea furniture is way harder to disassemble and reassemble than it is to assemble right the first time. So, you know, Uh, Mm. Ikea. Mm. Uh, So
2: randomly this weekend, Ikea came up in conversation. My sister's moving. We were up helping her. Um, My parents noted that an Ikea had just opened in Utica after we were talking about it. That did not happen. Uh, we determined by where they said that it was literally a new Kia dealership. (laughs) So it was a Kia, not Ikea. And we had some laughs over that one. Um, was, I'm now I was saying
1: like I like I was, I was strongly considering an hour to try for some Swedish meatballs. Oh 100%. And now i like, oh, never like we mind. We were really
2: excited. We're like how did we miss the Oh we didn't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <new to> you. <laughs> it, oh no, it, and it it's one of those that sounds like a horrible dad joke that I would utilize,
0: but mm-hmm. it wasn't.
2: It actually happened. I was like, this is okay, cool
0: oh man that is a great great way to end the show steve thank you for coming coming on just to tell that story (laughs) here to help folks here to help uh but thank you everybody who's tuned in and listened to this on your podcast app of choice make sure you rate us review us subscribe Uh, help us trick the algorithm into expanding the ottoman empire if you're watching us on twitch we apologize for the audio difficulties that we had early on but we appreciate your support every week we'll be here sundays at 8 p.m roughly for most of the off season we'll let you know if that changes um next week i am going to make the executive choice that we're probably going to take the weekend off until we figure out what our memorial day weekend plans look like for everybody Um, because it's Memorial Day weekend, and we're not going to publish anything on Monday, anyways. So we'll we'll figure it out and let you know what happens next week for you Twitch listeners out there.
2: Yeah, worst Um, case we'll do it Monday, or best case we'll do it Monday night. Worst case, you guys get stuck without us for a week. But uh, yeah, the summer is (laughs) upon us.
0: I think I think people
2: manage. Um, And then if you're watching, happens in Syracuse uh, sports because that is want to happen.
0: Oh my gosh something crazy is going to happen. Like someone's going to get you, fired or something ridiculous. You know, it's, gonna you know, now.
2: it's going to happen like Friday too. And we're just going to be like, no, oh crap, you know, we do. Have to no, what's, it's
1: going to happen tomorrow. And then we're going to forget about it. until <laughs> yes. Sunday. Yes.
0: That is a hundred percent. What's going to happen. I hate, I hate both of you, but you're both right. So here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to everybody that's reading on Noons Magician and reading the ridiculous thing that Christian has now just predicted that's going to happen. Thank you for supporting NoonsMagician.com, coming to our site and reading us. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Homefield Apparel, for sponsoring the show. Again, use promo code Noons, N-U-N-E-S, for 15% off your first purchase uh, at HomeField.com. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Steve. Go Orange. Go Orange.